Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. I want to talk to you for a little while about what's in front of me here, this shovel. And uh, you probably had some thoughts on that already. Pastor's probably got a funny sermon title. Uh, My sermon title is, Can You Dig It? Just kidding. Um, I want to just go to and lift a little passage here from Matthew 7, 24. This is the story of the wise and foolish builder. And if you're with me there in Matthew 7, chapter chapter 7, verse 24, we're going to talk about this particular parable, basically. It's, it's a story that Jesus uses to liken it unto a person who does his word instead of hearing only his word. And he's coming off the Sermon of the Mount, which is one of the most impactful passages of Scripture in all of the Word of God, where Jesus is just sharing some very strong principles. And he says at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, he says these words. He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Everyone said a wise man. It's a wise woman as well. Which built his house upon a rock. Everyone say a rock. That's important. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell down. Is that what it says? It fell not. It withstood all of that and did not fall, for it was founded, and the reason is because it was on the what? Amen. Rock represents Christ Jesus here. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house. And it stood? No, it fell. And great was the fall of it. I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture to begin today, if you wouldn't mind me saying so, that what determined wisdom from foolishness was the one that survived the storm. And you have had some storms in your life, and I have had some storms in my life, and the reason why you're still standing today, I believe, is because you founded yourself on the rock of Christ Jesus, the thing that could not be moved. And so I want to talk to you for a little while about Jesus and a shovel. Jesus and a shovel. It's going to be good. Lord, we ask you to bless the hearing of the Word of God and the ministry of the Word. In Jesus' precious name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. At the beginning of summer, when everything begins to grow, which I don't know where our summer went. Hello, somebody. It was like January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Everything just started moving so quickly. But I remember at the beginning of the year, we had some yard management to do. And my wife was like, we have to dig out the thistles in the yard. And this is new concept to me. Dig out the thistles. 
Have you ever seen a thistle bush? Have you ever touched a thistle bush? You don't just mow a thistle thistle bush and make it go away. They just they root so deep and they become like this head of cauliflower the size of an Alaskan state fair cabbage on your lawn. It's just this huge thistle bush and it's growing and, and the only way to get it out is actually to dig a divot in the front yard, pull the whole thing out by the roots and then replace it with dirt and then put some seed down, some grass seed. And so the idea is to never get thistles to spray your yard or whatever, but we we did not do that. We, we were being very fiscally responsible and didn't think we should be putting money into the front yard this year. So here we are with thistles in our yard, and my wife says we got to get out there with a shovel, and we need to dig this stuff out. And I'm not I'm not really a person who digs in the dirt. You may know this about me. I mean, if you come over to my house, if the weeds are pulled, I didn't do it. It's just, it's just a fact. I'm just not a person that spends a lot of time on temporal things like that. I, I, I would rather just uh, let somebody do it or pay them to do it, earn more money and pay someone to do that part of, of life. Because I just feel like while I'm pulling weeds, um, I'm thinking about all the things I could be doing to help the kingdom. I'm like, I could be teaching a Bible study right now, or I could be building a sermon, or I could be helping somebody with something, helping somebody move, or doing things that we're, we're, are helping them. And so I, I try to be wise about what I do and do not do, but I, I realized that I was not prepared for this thistle moment. I was having a very difficult moment thinking about going out and digging holes in the yard. It just didn't seem like a good idea to me. And so Finally, someone took care of the thistles, and, and I'm grateful for it. I believe my wife or, or Seth did that. They did the hard work of removing the thistles, but somebody needs to understand that there's going to be things that grow up in your life that you didn't plant there. Hello, somebody. That life has a way of sowing seeds and thorns into your life, and they will grow up and they will choke out the good things of your life if you don't put a shovel to them. And so what I noticed about walking with God is a lot of people talk about accepting Christ as their personal Savior, and we know that's repentance. We know there's so much more to step into than just a walk of repentance. And, and, and we see that in, in, the, book of, uh, in, in, the, in the book where the, the disciples of John were walking in repentance, and, and when and Paul had passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, he saw them, and he said, have you received the Holy Ghost? since you believed. He was setting apart believing on Jesus Christ and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And they said, we've never heard of this. We are baptized under John's baptism, which is a baptism of repentance, saying there was one coming after John whose shoes he was not worthy to loose. John was saying this, John the Baptist, and he's saying Jesus is coming and, and he's, going to, he's going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. And I remember back in the days when we would talk about that and we would, we would talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost and some would say that the Holy Ghost and fire were not the same thing. You can get the Holy Ghost and not have the fire, but I don't know how that's possible whenever the fire was just symbolic of the Holy Ghost being there. So I was always like, if you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to know you got the Holy Ghost. You're going to have a fire in your spirit. You're going to have an excitement in your heart. You're going to have things that happen that are burnt, that are burnt and set in stone. There's going to be something happening 
happen inside of you. And so I always got excited about somebody coming to God. I got excited about a friend coming to church and praying through to the Holy Ghost. I got excited about witnessing to somebody that did more than just say, I accept Christ, but they pursued the power of the Holy Ghost and they would get baptized in Jesus' name and stuff would start to be pulled out of their life. And then they'd come back to me sometimes as friends and say, why, why is it so difficult? Why doesn't anybody understand this great experience I had? My enjoyment and my excitement, what I feel here when I'm in church, I take it home and I tell somebody about it and they don't have the same joy and excitement for me. They don't have the same fire that I do. And I would tell him, you have to understand that though Jesus is exciting and his power is supreme and everything that he does for us is so beautiful and so lovely that Jesus also shows up with a shovel. He shows up to dig some things out of your life and he shows up to remove some things that are choking out the good things of your life. And so when Jesus shows up, it's not just all the blessings, but there's also some digging that has to be done. Amen. We often see this when we talk about building and Jesus often uses agricultural ideas in the scripture to convey a spiritual message. And sometimes he uses agriculture wherever you sow a seed. And other times he uses architectural, which is what he's using here. He's using an architectural reference to make us understand that it's not just about the building, but it's also about what the building is placed on. So when Jesus comes to your life, he comes with so much blessing, but he also walks into your life with a shovel because it's not about religion, brothers and sisters. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. It's about knowing God and knowing his power. And I wanted to bring a shovel with me today. It was convenient that it was red, purchased with blood. Amen. The perfect lamb sacrificed for us, gave us the opportunity to receive the Lord and his work in our life. And I didn't want it to be brand new because Jeremiah says, ask for the old pass. So this shovel is not a new shovel. This sho literally, but I mean figuratively. This shovel is not a new shovel. And some people don't understand that when you go to build something, the first thing you do is dig down a foundation. Amen? So whenever you get ready to build, I had one old preacher say that building, uh, he was building a building, Sister Carla, and it was a very difficult process because there's always zoning issues and there's always struggles with building a building and there's runaway contractors and there's all kinds of stuff that are major stresses in building a building. And this, this old preacher said, building is for the youth. Building is for a young man because he was getting older and he had a hard time building. And I hope that's not the case for me because being 44, I'm thinking about building a church. Amen, somebody. And I want to have a good time doing it. But there are stresses with building. And you don't just build. Nobody just starts building. They design the building first. They go to an architect and they lay it out and they look at the lot lines and they see where the building's going to fit right. And then they check all the planning and zoning and they get everything approved through a board of committee and a committee that has different kinds of powers with the city or state. And you get permits and you pull all these different things and, and nobody will build anything for you until all of that is done. And it's the same way with the Word of God. The Word of God is the design portion of our life. It's not the reality. It's the design portion. That's why some people go, I've been going to church for 20 years, and I'm believing promises that I haven't seen yet. Why? Because that's the design. you got to let God keep digging and keep building your life before you see it come to pass in your reality. Is that okay? 
So there's, a, there's the design portion, what the word of God promises us, and then there's the reality of our life, which is what Jesus is talking about, that if you build your house or build your life on the word of God, that's a good thing, but you don't build your life just by hearing the word of God. You build your life by doing the word of God. And when you do the word of God, it's like wisdom. It's like a man who built his house upon a rock. And so whenever you go to build a house, you don't just build on anything. You have to build on a firm foundation. And if we, and here in Wisconsin, we have basements. Anybody like their basement? If you have a nice basement, you know what I'm talking about. But in some places, they don't have good ground, so they can't put down basements. And in some places, the ground is so unsettled that they have to do what's called pier and beam structure. They literally have to dig huge tunnels into the ground until they get to something hard. And then they have to build concrete and then peer across that concrete to support the house. Anybody ever seen sinkholes? Everybody watch a, a video on YouTube and seen a sinkhole? That's the weirdest thing to me, watching like houses just fall into a hole that wasn't there before. And people, you see it in the news and there, people will be talking about situations and lose their entire house to something that eroded underneath. And it wasn't something that you could see. It was just all of a sudden, great was the fall of the house. And that's what he's talking about in scripture. He's saying it's suddenly, it's a suddenly thing. When you don't, when, when you want to build something, you have to be willing to let God dig down and put a firm foundation under you. If you don't dig to the solid things of your life, he's going to show up with a shovel and he's going to dig pride out of you. And he's going to dig bitterness out of you. And he's going to dig hatred. And he's going to dig that quitting spirit out of you. And he's going to dig all of those things out of you that are so hard to get rid of. And But he's going to keep on digging. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll have all the wonderful things. But then also, you have to be willing to work alongside him and take that shovel and say, Lord, I'm not just going to let you dig, but I'm going to work on it too. I'm going to work on my life. I'm going to put this designed word into my life and let reality become something that I trust you in. And I'm going to believe you for it. And I'm going to see things come to pass that I've never seen. So when God wants to build you up, he starts digging down. Amen, somebody? And so his, his presence in your life can be kind of scary at times because people get to thinking that it's blab it and grab it, name it and claim it. You've heard those, right? Speak it and receive it or believe and receive. And we've created a whole generation of people going to church that think that God's instant and God's jiffy and God's right now. You know, probably maybe 30% of you in this room have never had slow cooked bread. Have you ever had slow cooked bread? Like the stuff that takes a couple, three hours to rise and then cook. People have instant microwave kind of feelings about God too. And they don't have the, the basic understanding that there are some things that you have to wait upon the Lord for. That God is digging out a foundation for you and God is planning things for you. And there's, there's some people, and I was talking to the, we, we were having a couple's boating time this week and I was talking to him and I just, I said, there's some people that are not build it people because they can't handle the stress of building things. They're instant people. They're, they're, they want to buy it ready to go. Buy it turnkey, as one, one person said it in the group. And they're not willing to live with a shovel in their life. They don't have the patience because it takes time. It takes time to have the word of God work. And so this is what it's talking about in this story that I've lifted for you today, that 
the person who builds upon the rock. God will dig down into you until he takes everything out that is shifting, everything out that is unsturdy, until everything that, that is in you looks like the rock that you stand on. Till whenever you walk into your work. It happened to me this week. That's why I'm tearful. Young man that's been spending years just living his life. He said, I don't know what it is, but when I get around you, something's different about you. And I said, that's the rock. That's my foundation showing. Because you see, nobody walks up to the house and goes, wow, that's a lovely basement you've got. That's a lovely pier and beam system you've got. That's a lovely brick and mortar foundation you've got. Nobody compliments you on the foundation. They compliment you on the beautiful siding and the wonderful windows and the, and the beautiful color of your house. No one sees the stuff that's down below, but the Bible tells us that the foolish man built his house upon sand. He did not build down, and sometimes we get so impatient with God when he's building our foundation that we don't realize that we cannot be a good representation to Jesus in this world if we don't let him build us to the rock that we need to have inside. If he, if he does and build everything out of us and remove everything that's shifting and everything that runs away from God when it gets hard and everything that's difficult and we just turn our back and we don't don't even sometimes have enough faith. If we don't get rid of that stuff, if we don't let God have a relationship with a shovel in our life, and some people think it's the devil when they're waiting on the Lord. They're like, blab it and grab it, name it, claim it. I should have it right now because I believe for it. And when God takes a long time, they think the devil has broken loose. Or when there's a mess that happens, happens. When they're, have you ever seen someone dig up a foundation on a house? They make an absolute mess of the lot when they're putting in a foundation. Looks like a bunch of people on big instruments or big, big, whatever they call those, big cats digging in the dirt. I, I always wanted that job. I love digging in the dirt, not digging up thistles. I want to get on a big machine and push dirt around. That's what I want to do. But there's some people that are just not okay with waiting on God because they don't see the progress. And I want to speak to somebody here that has been waiting on God for a long time to do something. And others are ahead of you, it seems like. And others are married before you, it seems like. And it seems like you've been waiting on God for some promises for a long time. I want you to know you have a relationship with the Lord and a shovel. It's not the devil. It's a shovel. It's completely different than what you think it is. He's excavating something because, you see, God knows the plans he has for you, Angie. He knows where you're going, and he knows how strong your basement and your foundation needs to be. He knows how much he needs to build you to be strong enough to take you where he's got you to go. He wants you to go. And so I'm going to walk around with a shovel, yes, for a while. Because this is what I found happens in my life. Sometimes I feel like I'm being introduced to Jesus all over again. Have you ever been in a space where you, you feel like you know the Lord and it's a brand new introduction sometimes? You just you have a moment with Jesus and it just feels like you're meeting him for the first time with something new you never thought of before. Just a reintroduction to a beautiful segment of God. And it happens all the time. And so whenever you're letting God build you, the one thing that is interesting is that I found myself trusting the process. Amen? Trusting the process. I, I lived in Alaska when I grew up, and there was U.S. Highway 1 that ran into Anchorage, Alaska. And it runs, if you continue on, it runs down toward Juneau, then it runs down the California coast. 
And if you drive down the California coast on one, it's the most gorgeous drive you've ever driven. I've been privileged to drive it twice. And the US, but US one running through Anchorage, Alaska, it's just basically driving across, going over a river and into Anchorage, and it's all swamp, just like swampy, watery land. And I remember they started building on that land. And to my confused little boy mind, I couldn't understand how you could put a building on swampland. But they would bring in dirt, and they would bring in something solid, and they would set it down, and then they would crush it. They would tamp it down. Then they'd bring in more stuff, and they would tamp it down, and they'd bring in more stuff, and they would tamp it down. And so when God gets done digging, there's often a pressing that takes place, a pressing moment in your life. And one thing I noticed about dreams, because I'm a big dreamer, I, I believe in what God wants to do in my life and your life, is that the closer you get to your dream, sometimes the further you feel away from it. Because God has a way of making you dependent upon Him. And so, as I was talking about or working on building this sermon, I, I knew that there was things in me that I needed to dig deeper for. You always have the, even though you have a structure and you have a building in God and God's building you up, you never lose the shovel. God's always digging something out of your life. Now we have a house and I was talking to you about the thistles. So even though, even though we have a structure that we live in and it's a beautiful home, there's other things that I need a shovel for, but if you dig down deep enough, you'll hit rock, and that's where you need to put your foundation on. And that's what the scripture is saying here, that there is a place that's safe, even in a dangerous environment. Notice with me in the scripture that the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the wise man built his house upon the rock, which means that the foolish man could have dug deep enough to hit the rock. In other words, there are some things around your life that will build faster than your life is building. And if you're not careful, the enemy will look at you and say, why isn't it happening for you? Why isn't your business moving fast enough? Why aren't you seeing greater blessings in this or that? And you have to be willing to trust God with a surrender that says, I don't know why it's taking longer for my foundation, but I believe God is building me strong enough for my future. I believe that someday there's going to be a storm coming to my life and I'm going to be the one left standing. When a thousand fall on my right and 10,000 on my left and there be great and great is the fall thereof, I'll still be standing because the text does not give me permission to preclude us from the storm. We are not the people that just stand in rainbows and puppies and sunshine and everything's good when you come to the Lord and there's never a rainy day and there's never a storm and there's never any more floods that come against the house. You can be standing with a mess around you and still be strong in the Lord. Amen? 
the truth of the matter is, what it tells us here is that the storm's coming, brothers and sisters, and you have to be a wise person to survive it. You have to be willing to build your life on the rock. So even though maybe you want more things from God right now, maybe people are making fun of you because they got their house up quicker than you're getting your house up, and maybe they got their blessing quicker than you're getting your blessing, but all you have to do is just know that whatever it is, as long as I'm standing or building on the rock, I'm going to survive everything that comes against me. Amen? And so when others build quickly, can I tell you a personal story? Had a friend of mine that was building a church the same time I was, and the devil likes to say things sometimes about how good you are as a pastor and whether you deserve it. Some, even, even some people, I mean, one person even came and said, well, you're not a very good pastor, and I agreed with him. <laughs> I said, you're right. <laughs> I said, you're right. I'm not a very good pastor because <laughs> I can't seem to pastor you. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. And... um. I have the enemy come to me every once in a while when no one's getting the Holy Ghost and if the tank stays dry too long and we're not seeing people baptized in Jesus' name. And, and the enemy will say, you see, it's not really moving, is it? But then I talk to my wife and I talk to good people and I talk to my pastor and he's like, what's God building in the people? What's God building in the people? How's he healing people? How's he changing lives? He's putting one brick upon another. He's putting line upon line, precept upon precept. People are in the word. They're studying. They're learning. They're growing. This is not just about everything you see. This is about whether the foundation is being built. And in some people, they grow faster than others. And, and a friend of mine was building a church, and he's coming to all of these rallies that we had. And, well, three more people got the Holy Ghost. And 30 people got saved. And, and he's been building a church for like four months at this point, And he's got like 50 people in the church. And the devil's going, see, how's that hotel room going? And I'm like, I'm called to do this. I, I can't do anything else. When I tried to run from God, I was helping people in the world because I wanted to fix and help. And it was a calling that I had. I couldn't even stay away from it. Even when I didn't want to walk with God, when I was a teenager, I just decided I was going to walk away from God for a little while. I was still helping people get right with God. <laughs> I'd be talking to people and they just, oh, I need to get right with Jesus. I'm like, what is happening here? I'm running from the Lord, and they're like, and I'm talking to people, and they're running to the Lord. I'm like, okay, yeah, obviously I'm a pastor. But nonetheless, while I was still trying to build a church, somebody's building it like three times as fast. And I'm like, what is the secret? What am I missing? Why is there an empty chair here? Why don't I have, you know, and I'm doing, and all this stuff is going through my mind, and... Then like eight months into the church, just, they're done. Collapse, marriage almost came apart. Things were, and, and I don't, I'm not celebrating any of that. You don't celebrate somebody else's struggle. You don't return evil for evil in any way, shape, or form. And, and I was like, what is going on? And the Lord told me it was a foundation problem. You can build a house quickly on a poor foundation. And that's what I want to tell you about is that the Lord is saying in this passage of scripture that if you don't, if you, if you just hear the word, you can build something quickly on hearing the word, but if you don't do the word, it'll collapse in a heartbeat. 
that everything that you're built upon is you doing the word. You're digging out your life is you doing what you hear. I know a lot of people are like, I won't go hear the word. Let's go hear the word. I'm excited to go hear the word. Yeah, but are you doing the word? Because that's the difference here. They both went through the storm, but one did the word, is what Jesus is saying, and the other just heard the word. In other words, you can hear word all your life. You can go to church all your life and never do the word, which changes your life and makes you strong enough to handle the storms. The storms will come and you will crash, and you'll build again and you'll crash, and you'll build again and crash. I watched it all my life. People run to the altar, people dancing on Sunday, and they can't get out of a wet paper sack, you know, they can't pray their way out of a wet paper sack, as they say, on Tuesday or, or Wednesday. They're not even living for the Lord by Wednesday. And then next Sunday, here they come again. They're dancing. Build a crash. Build crash. That's their entire walk with God. And God does not want that. That's not what God approves of. When Jesus shows up, he wants to bless your life. He wants to build you. But he's also going to say, here's a shovel. Start digging. Start digging into the word. Start digging into your life. Start looking at the things that are hurting you. Start looking at the curses that may be in your family and start dealing them with them with the power of the Holy Ghost. Get out on a man up and find yourself in nature and do something with God that you've never done before and spend some moments with God that change your life. I want to preach for a minute if you don't mind me preaching, but I believe in miracle moments where God shows up and says, if you'll take this shovel and you start digging, I'll work with you. I'll work miracles over your life. I'll do something with you you could never do on your own if you will just get into the place and position where you're doing the word and not just hearing the word. Don't take it home and just put it on a shelf. Don't don't put your Bible back on the bookshelf, but take it out tomorrow morning and begin to work through the word and begin to dig something out in your life and begin to do something with the word of God. And when you do that, something happens in you. There are miracle moment after miracle moment and those become monuments in your life where there's rock that you stand on and you go through another storm and you say, but the rock still holds. And you go through another storm and you say, my foundation held there. It's going to hold here. And you will not forget about your God in the moments of struggle and trial. You will not forget about your faith in the times when you have no, feels like you have no faith because you'll go, that foundation holds. It doesn't matter the storm. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter how broken it looks. The foundation holds because your foundation is Jesus. Amen, somebody. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for being everything I needed. Thank you, Lord, for being everything I need. It doesn't matter what the storm is. I'm not, I'm not worried because I have the right rock. Amen. You have to dig in sometimes. You need a right now word, a revelation word from God. I believe and I talk about revelation lifestyle, not as a doctrine, but I really believe it, that God shows you some things, and when he shows it to you, he expects you to address it and do something about it. And if you don't do something about it, he will circle you back to that revelation, and he'll circle you back to that revelation, and he'll circle you back to that revelation until you do what he has showed you, until you dig it out.
and say, I don't want that in my life anymore. I don't want that lust problem in my life anymore. I don't want this situation in my life. I don't want this trial or circumstance to keep circling. I don't want that family drama to affect me like that anymore. I, I, I want to be able to be on a firm foundation in my emotions, in my heart, in my mind, in my struggles can be something that build me and make me stronger instead of something that brings the house down. So you have to dig in. And then things planted, you have to monitor what's planted in your life. Because Hebrews 12 and 15 talks to us a very clear message about bitterness. I was never a, a really bitter individual. I'm I'm very happy-go-lucky kind of, let's have a party, you know, kind of guy. I like to invite people. And, and um, I've noticed lately that the enemy has been trying to make me bitter over some things. And the Hebrews 12 and 15 says, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. If you're bitter, you fail God's grace because his grace was brought to cover it. Fail the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. It's going, it's going to trouble you. And thereby, not just you be defiled, but many be defiled. That we are supposed to guard what's good, amen? And we're supposed to dig out what does not need to be there. And sometimes you don't know it's there until you see it. And sometimes God reveals it to you in the level of maturity that you need to be in in order to dig it out. So if God shows it to you, you're mature enough to handle it. If God shows it to you, you are in enough grace of God right now to deal with that situation. So you don't get bitter over it. He'll bring you to a place. And some of us are in different places. You watch, Pastor. I'll be very kind with people that are brand new in the church. I'll love them, give them a lot of grace. They'll be talking about going, doing some crazy stuff. And I'll be like, oh, that's, that's nice. God bless you. <laughs> and I'll be very kind about it. And it may not be Christian behavior. It may not be. But they're brand new to God. They're not at the maturity level, and I don't have a root of relationship with them strong enough to be addressing those issues yet. But when they've seen me care for them and love them and be in their life and, and do everything I can to see them blessed, then maybe I'll have a chance to speak to those disciplines of doing, those disciplines of being something more in God, those disciplines of taking the shovel and digging out the stuff that hurts, like the roots of bitterness. Amen? Because it hurts to remove bitterness in your life. It, it hurts to remove abandonment in your life. It hurts to remove uh, words that damage you from parents that didn't know how they were damaging you. It, it hurts to dig out a missing father. It hurts to dig out a missing mother. It hurts to dig out some things. And these are not small things. These are things that require time and energy and effort and prayer and saturation and fasting. And you can't do it in one sitting. You're not going to show up on the job one day and Jesus is going to take care of it. But you may have to dig at that thing again. And you may think you got all the roots of it, but those roots are, are, are so prolific that you may find out that it sprouts again and you have to dig again. It's just like forgiveness. When you forgive somebody and then you think of that thing again and you get angry again, you dig it out again. If you want to forgive somebody of something and you still have emotion attached to it, then you dig it out again and forgive again. And if you think of it again and it still makes you upset, you dig it out again and forgive again. You just keep forgiving and forgiving until no 
longer there's a root of bitterness there. You just forgive and forgive. And, and it seems like maybe you're going back to the same thing over and over. But every time you're getting a little bit more of that root dug out. And you're getting a little bit more of that thing that hurts your heart. And you get a little bit more of that thing that damages you. And you get a little bit more of that thing that sidelines you. And you're getting a little bit more of that thing that's causing that distraction that won't take you to the next maturity level in Christ Jesus. And you know that as you dig, you're moving dirt, but you're becoming a disciple. You're moving dirt, but you're becoming a disciple. And those things are beautiful to walk in the new revelation of God. And you have to do that. You've got to walk in new revelation of God because the kingdom of darkness is living at the most relevant revelation of Jesus Christ right now. Whatever the kingdom of darkness knows, you need to know. You need to have fresh revelation from the word of God. You can't be on version 1.0 of what Jesus is doing in the earth when the kingdom of darkness is working on version 2.0. You have to understand that the kingdom of darkness is listening. They know what's happening in the earth and any revelation that has come to the earth from the word of God, they are going to attack it. And if you're not on the most current version of revelation from the word of God and from his spirit, I love going to general conference. I love getting together with other ministers because when they start talking, I'm like, that's what God's telling me. That's exactly what we're feeling in our church. What you're seeing is what we're seeing. Why? Because we're tapped into the Holy Ghost. We're tapped into a download from heaven. And if you don't get to dig in, you'll never get the download. If you don't get to dig in, you'll never be on the right revelation. And you'll be fighting a kingdom of darkness that's better prepared than you are. But you have the word. You have the name. You have the power. If you'll just get in prayer. If you'll say, God, I'm not going to be bitter about having to dig again and dig again and dig again. I'll keep digging because I know that it's not about just my life. It's about my abilities to pray for other people. It's about my ability to know the power of God and his revelations. It's about my ability to speak of the name of Jesus and the oneness of God. I need a fresh revelation. I need a fresh revelation of what my digging does to my destiny. Amen, somebody. What my digging does to my destiny. I know I've got calluses on my hands because I've been digging on some things for a long time, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm not what I used to be. I haven't failed the grace of God. Every time I look back, it's not as big as it used to be. It doesn't affect me as much as it used to because the grace of God is on it and because I kept digging with Jesus in my life, helping me. Amen, somebody. So I became a worshiper with one hand and a worker with the other hand. I lift one hand and I praise him and I keep digging with the other hand. I just have my praise up on one side, but on the other side I'm working. So sometimes that one side that's exhausted, that one side that's tired, that one side that's just absolutely wore out, walks into church and I begin to say, time to put down the shovel and pick up my dance. Time to stop digging and stop start worshiping. Time to stop digging and start dancing just a little bit before the Lord because it's not about shovel time. It's about Jesus time. I have Jesus in my life so I worship him for strength and then I go back to digging. I come to church and I dance and I go back to digging. I dance before the Lord and get my strength and the joy of the Lord. Then I go back to digging. Worship and work. Never goes away. You never get to just sit on a Sunday and just take in the word. You've got to go do something with it. You've got to take it this week and do something with it. 
I love the Lord so much that I, I don't want to just let his word fall and just sit down on a park bench and swing knees and wait for the crop to come up. I want to manage what God has given me to manage. Would you stand with me today? I believe the foolish man had a right to build however he wanted to build because God gives us a choice. But I want to tell you that if you don't build on the rock, stuff is going to crash. And when it falls, it's a fruit. It shows you something about what it was built on a house that falls. It's not built on a firm foundation. It was a situation of a sinkhole that happened, and they had dug so deep and put the piers so deep that everything eroded around the house, but the house was still standing. You see, it's not about the environment that you build in. It's about how you choose to build that keeps you from crashing. It doesn't matter if you came from a good home or a bad home. It doesn't matter if you have a bigger shovel than I do. Some of you got to shovel a whole lot of stuff out of your life. Got a whole lot of dung and manure to shovel. I don't know. You need a bigger shovel. Sometimes I feel like I need a bigger shovel. But I'm thankful to the Lord that when I get done digging, it didn't matter how my life, what my life looked like, I can trust him that it's going to stand because I'm on the rock. You can come from a good life, bad life, doesn't matter. You can have feelings and emotions that are tied up. You can have consumption of energy because of damage from your past. And God can say, if you just put it all on me, I can build you strong enough to where no storm can take you down. No storm can take you down. I just think it's so hard to watch people live at a sand level whenever you've been building your life, all your life, digging down to the rock that's inside you. You've been doing your best. Sometimes you're not doing so good. Sometimes you're doing great. But if you just keep digging, you'll find Jesus. Sometimes the situation's confusing. I get it. Sometimes we have children that walk away from God. Sometimes we have moments that we just don't even understand. But if you'll wait on the Lord and just keep digging, eventually you're going to find Jesus in that situation. And you're going to say it was good for me that I did all that work that I kept digging all those years that I don't have that problem anymore. It was good for me that I had callous hands from the shovel. There will be near-scarred hands at the top of the hole clapping for you saying, now you're ready to build. Oh, I know there's people around you that have nice mansions built already and you're just done with the foundation but you should see the skyscraper I'm going to put on this foundation. You're going to see something happen in your life where God's going to applaud you for all the digging you did. And when it looks like he's not working, you can look next to you and he'll have a shovel too. And he'll help you. And when he's working with you, you're not alone. You're not alone. And the beautiful thing that I found about this message as I was talking about it is that 
when you put your house on the rock, you can stop worrying about whether it's going to stand or not. I don't have to worry about whether my children are going to live for God or not because I put them on the rock every single day. I cover them in the blood of Jesus Christ every day. This morning I got up and I didn't have a very strong message. I didn't really have much of anything except for a red shovel. And I went to my prayer time at 6 and sometimes at 6.30 because i got to dig it out. <laughs> i got to dig myself out of bed because I'm tired. And I got down by 6.30 and fed the dog and I got into the prayer room and I just laid my Bible on my chest. And I just started playing that song, that worship song. Beautiful. I don't remember. It's, it's how beautiful is the name of Jesus. And I just began to weep in the presence of the Lord. And he said, tell my people that you never dig alone. Tell my people that you don't build alone. That when you feel alone, it's just feeling. Because I'm always with you. And I'm a good father. And I'll not let you work alone. But if you came here exhausted today because you've been working with a shovel all week, trying to dig out some stuff or trying to throw the stinky stuff, <laughs> I don't know, I'm sorry, the manure out of your life, because sometimes there's a bunch of stuff you didn't put there. That's not in my sermon, so I'll stop now. But if you've been exhausted lately, living for the Lord, I want to encourage you today at this altar call to just go ahead and leave your shovel at your seat and come and worship the Lord and get your strength back. Get your love for him back. Build my life upon his love, a firm foundation. We, saw, we sung about it. We didn't, we didn't get together, Brother Dan, and talk about a tandem for the worship in the sermon, but I want you to know that some of you are leaving here with a better foundation than you came with. I believe that in the Holy Ghost, that some of you are going to leave here and you're going to have a relationship with a shovel where you don't resent what God's digging out of you anymore, but you're like, hey, if I got to let it go, if it's got to be dug out, then dig it out, Lord. I want what you're building in me more than I want what's underneath me. I'll, I'll, I'll dig it out till I get to the rock of Jesus Christ. Would you lift your hands together? Wait on the Lord. Come on, wait on the Lord right now. If you want to come to this altar, so let's respond to the word. Let's be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Somebody needs to thank God that there's been a shovel in your life. Maybe you've been bitter at the shovel that he's used because sometimes he uses people and they're not very friendly and they're not very kind and they're not very decent. But he's using it as a shovel. He works all things together for good. Maybe you had relationships that broke you and you're still dealing with past hurts and pains. Come on, come dig out the thistles today. God, God wants to make something so beautiful in your life. God wants to make something so beautiful in your life. Jesus is here. He's going to put a shovel in your hand today and he's going to ask you, would you dig for your destiny? Would you dig for your destiny? Would you dig? Would you dig? Would you dig? Would you do the work? Would you do the work? Not just hear the word, but do the work. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but faith without works is dead. 
And today we speak life over everyone in this room. We speak life over everyone in this room. We ask for a miracle moment right now, Jesus. Give us a miracle moment. Change our life. Help somebody dig down to a place where they haven't been yet. Let them feel the rock of Jesus standing under their feet. No matter how the waves crash, no matter how the rains beat up on the house, let them know that you're going to hold them because they've dug down to you, Jesus. We wait on you today, God. We don't want to be impatient about the work you're doing. We don't want to be impatient. Come on, somebody. Don't blame yourself right now. I speak against shame in the name of Jesus Christ over past mistakes. Right now, I bind shame. There's no shame in this house. There's only a shovel. There's only Jesus showing up with grace. And he said, I'll dig it out. I'll dig it out of you. I'll take everything out. There's somebody with bitterness that they're fighting. They've been fighting it for a while. Come on, just let Jesus sink in that shovel of the soil of your soul and let him pull that bitterness out today. Let him dig it out with you right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, dig in prayer. Come on, dig in praise. Come on, dig right now. Dig with Jesus helping you right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I bind shame. I bind hurts. I bind wounds. I release a healing in this hospital of salvation right now. I release healing over Mona right now in the name of Jesus. We release healing over her body and over her mind and her heart. Release healing over her family and her loved ones. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what only you can do. For doing what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus, for being our helper, for being our partner, for being Help us today, Jesus. Help us today, Jesus. Help us to dig again in places that haven't quite healed. Help us to dig again in places that haven't quite healed. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. Jesus, I'm not turning back now. 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 Cause I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. 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 I'm not turning back now. No, I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. I'm not turning back now. So I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna.